All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this episode of Warrior Week Parables from the Pit. My guest here is Drew. Drew, welcome to the show. Hello, Coach Sam. It's Memorial Day, my friend, and you have traveled a long way to be here uh, with only myself, as there's no one into the office today, as uh, everybody is down for a Memorial Day, enjoying their day at the beach. But we are here on the podcast and ready to roll. And I'm excited to be here. Beautiful. Great commitment. Gentlemen, sit down, relax, and enjoy this amazing show from Parables from the Pit. Because there is a story that there was one, two, three, maybe four, maybe five other men that were worth it. And the rest of us were to praise their journey. Praise your own journey. Praise him. Put no one in between. Find that man tonight. And we are back. We are back with Drew. Drew, uh, welcome to the show, bro. Uh, Warrior Week 52. Yes. Talk to me. When did your uh, when your, your journey started with Warrior, man? Man, Warrior started for me back in March of 2016. Okay. What was your first experience? Uh, Warrior Book 500, a buddy of mine, uh, Mark Milrow, he uh, introduced me to Warrior. He just sent me a link on Facebook, and it was, you know, Garrett, and totally not produced. He's like on a whiteboard. Shit's not working. <laughs> He's like, it was so funny. But the content though just totally resonated with me. And um, yeah, so that that's I signed up. I think that I want to say that day or maybe the next day. And I think uh, I remember seeing you uh, coming into Warrior Wealth at one of the conferences. Yep. Um, and then I, it was that time I think you decided to, or maybe it was a WorryCon three. That you decided to uh, to come to Warrior Week. What made you decide that it was time to come to Warrior Week, man? Well, you know, actually, what made me decide to come to Warrior Week is my wife came to Warrior for Women. Okay. And uh, while she was there, she said that she was going to sign up for the, you know, kind of continue on for the women's program. I forget what it was called, but, you know, she did the enhanced women's program. And when she made that call, it was, you know, kind of interesting because she just said, hey, I'm doing this and I'm not asking permission. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was pretty powerful. I'd never actually heard that from her ever. And it was kind of in that moment where I realized, you know, we're in a space in our relationship where while we need to be conscientious of one another, we don't need each other's permission. Mm -hmm. And so that was when I decided that I would reach out to you for uh, Warrior Week 52. And, uh, you know, what was it that you were looking for? Like, what was pulling you towards Warrior Week, man? You know, the thing that was, that was pulling me is nobody in my circle, I felt like, could actually understand or relate to me. Um, I don't really have any friends who own a business. And, you know, it's interesting because so many of them just had this perspective that everything in my life is great. And yet 
on the inside, I'm feeling a ton of turmoil and frustration and challenge. I felt very alone. I didn't feel like I had anyone I could connect with. And so coming to Warrior Week for me was a way to find some men that I could connect with and learn from and relate to and share with and cry with and laugh with. And, and I just didn't feel like I had that uh, in the world I was living in. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your world. Um, what was happening at that time in your world? Like what was happening in your marriage? What was happening inside of business? But more importantly, what was happening to, to you, man? Yeah, so in, in my marriage, things were starting to actually really take off. Um, when To kind of backtrack a little bit, when I signed on with Warrior Book 500, uh, in that first, I guess it was maybe 90 days or so, um, I was engaging with the process, doing everything that I was told to do, and just trusting the process. And in there, uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly when it was. It, it had to have been at least 45 days into the process, though. My wife said, you know, if you hadn't have done this, I was ready to leave. Mm-hmm. And that triggered the fuck out of me. Yeah. I I didn't know. Like yeah. I truly had no idea that that's how she felt. Now, when I think back on it now, were there signs? Sure, but I was oblivious to them. And so where I was when I decided to come to Warrior Week is that we'd moved beyond all of that. And my wife was feeling empowered in our relationship she was beginning to feel that I was safe to talk to, where before she never really felt safe or secure to really share her feelings with me without me losing my shit. Um, my relationship with my kids was still a little bit rocky with my oldest son, David. Uh, in business, my business had actually become the largest it had ever been. My business had basically tripled since I started with uh, Warrior. But all that shit's going on, and I still felt lost. Mm-hmm. I I had all these things rocking and rolling and happening, and yet I had this this disbelief that I could see it continue. Mm. Like I had this mindset of self sabotage, mm. and and so it was almost out of scarcity that I came to Warrior Week because I was I was feeling as though I was going to burn it down. And I didn't know why there was no indicator that I was going to burn it down. Things were wor- really working well, but I was, I was fucking afraid that I was going to lose it. Yeah. And that's what, that's what brought me. So uh, how long you were married? Uh, like how long you been married? Yeah. So this year, Danielle and I will have been together for 20 years, married for 15. Amazing. So 20 years to get how many kids? Two, two kids. And, uh, uh, 20 years and then out of nowhere uh, you were kind of told that uh, hey you know if you would have done this i was ready to leave yeah w- what um you know other other than being triggered but what what uh, what did you ask her what did you ask her uh like what was it what was the next sentence that came out of your fucking mouth yeah i think you know um uh, i was pretty blown away and so the thing that i really recall was just asking her why she'd never told me like why why was it that if she was feeling this way why is it that now is the first time i'm hearing about it yeah and truly 
I don't know what is it what what is it that causes this, uh, but it's very different from men to women. I can't really speak from women, but I can speak from my observation is that there's a tremendous amount of tolerance uh, when it comes to women for tolerating pain, tolerating behaviors that is causing pain, tolerating behaviors that is uh, to some extent uh, creating disconnection and gaps. Um, when it comes to men, you know, we don't tend to tolerate that long, meaning that if there's a dude that, that is fucking around and if there's a guy that you kind of don't want in your circle or if there's a guy that is causing you pain, eventually you get to the point to freeing yourself from that, either by expressing yourself or removing yourself from the environment. Absolutely. Now, now when it comes to, to why our wives and... When it comes to uh, to females, uh, like it's confusing because a lot of us train ourselves to not say anything and tolerate pain, and uh, so many others actually start a revolution against it. Like, you know, they, they, as if they want to cause more pain to dominate the pain that is being caused. And uh, yeah, I don't know when was or what podcast was is like you know we like we only hurt people because we're hurt, and. Uh, that resonated with me when it was told inside of my own marriage, uh, there was a period where I was fucking bullying, you know, and I became a bully, you know, and uh, what I what I thought I was just leading. I, I, and this is like this goes like 15 years back initially. Um, I thought I was leading. And uh, today I realized I was fucking bullying. Like I was bullying. I was dictating. I was I was not hearing. I was simply you know, creating always the next steps because I kind of knew what the fuck I was doing and life proved that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And uh, and yet I had this idea that, hey, I know what I'm doing. I wasn't hearing out. So w what what were the patterns and behaviors of yours now that if you look back that you felt truly created these blocks for her to start building a wall, man? Yeah, well, I mean, you actually just kind of touched on it. I mean, the <clears throat> reality is that when <clears throat> so it's interesting when so when i think about how danielle and my relationship started you know she um she really and she would admit this too that she would say that she lacked direction that while she knew that she wanted to graduate from college at the same time she really didn't know ultimately what she wanted uh her family life had had really lacked a lot of control Everything just felt wild for her. And so with me, I lived a very kind of regimented life. And so she looked to me as a rock hmm. in her, her wild life, right? And she looked to me to lead. And so what, what I think became a problem was that as she became more comfortable in herself, mm -hmm. I never... Uh, I never pulled back from that leadership and really that dictatorship. I mean, yeah. you, you could say she would say without a doubt, she would say that I was controlling. Yes. Right. And uh, she's probably right. Uh, and and it was it was just out of this mindset that she I just kept thinking that she needs me to lead. Right. Right. Not that she wants me to lead. And, and she did. But not in that way. I mean, I, I was leading in a way that was it, you know really out of complete disregard for what she wanted. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I can totally relate to that because one of my main patterns was 
you know, with my wife was <clears throat> that, you know, I'm in charge of the security of the fucking house, meaning that, you know, sometimes you don't think everything through, but I think everything through. I go one step ahead and beyond. And so, you know, I'm always going to have an eye on on you. And it, and it was controlling. It was it wasn't possessive because I knew but like back in the days when 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 I was a teenager, I was I was I was told I was possessive as a as a boyfriend type of thing. Right. And I didn't know what the fuck that meant all the way till when I got married. And because I've got hurt in multiple relationship, um, you know, as as boyfriend, girlfriends, relationship of a year and two. And and I, I went through a cycle of, of being dumped three times in two, two, three relationships that lasted two years. And and the outcome of all those were you were possessive. Um, and so I didn't quite understand until when I met my wife. And when I met my wife, I said, like, OK, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do these things that I did. So and so possessive things, because when I would do those, I would actually lose what I had. So I'm not going to do that. Actually, I remember I, I I've changed. I think that was the first time when I I felt change because I didn't operate the way I was operating. But one of the things that kept that that that, that kept me inside of my like, I guess it's part of my character, my whatever. It's just that this aspects of controlling, right? And controlling not just to say that I'm dictating, but controlling to f with a good purpose, right? With a good heart. And I always in our relationship labeled it as security. Like I, you know, I don't think this this should happen, or I don't think you, this place should be, you know, someplace that we should go. I don't think you should go here. I don't think we should go here. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. And and the reason behind it for many years was that, you know, security, I have to protect. And today I look back at 43, I'm like, protect what, man? Like, who the fuck am I to, to protect uh, another human being that is equal to me, as intelligent, as smart, if not more than I am? Because I can definitely not understand uh you know, the power of woman, because I can understand the power of man, but I truly cannot comprehend the power of a woman. Um, and I'm not saying a woman could truly comprehend the power of a man. But in that space, man, like I, I had to sit down with myself. I'm like, control. Like first of all, I am not in fucking control. I had to let go of all that. Second of all, who the fuck am I to to control the thought process of another human being. And this human being is actually the person that matters the most in my life. This is fucking retarded. Like, this is, this is non-productive. I'm going to end up hurting the person that I love the most. And then I'm going to fucking get out of the house one day and look at the sky and recognize the sky is fucking red. And I'll be sitting and I'll be like, what the fuck happened? Why, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Uh, not knowing that all this time it was just fucking pouring pain in it, right? Uh, so what what pattern and behavior of yours was it specifically that would make you controlling? Hmm. <clears throat> you know, I... So un unlike you, yeah. for me, I just truly believed I was right yeah. and that she was wrong. <laughs> I Really, if I'm being completely honest, I just believed that these feelings that she had, uh, which she expresses a lot of things and feelings, uh, I don't. 
And so for me, I'd hear that and it was, oh, you know, that's wrong. Okay. You know, my I'm right. You're wrong. And this is why. And then the other thing is that I could always explain, right, why my perspective on something. Yes. And to this day, she really struggles to verbalize uh, where she's at. And so I would use that against her, mm -hmm. right? And I'd say, well, because you can't verbalize it, you obviously don't know, and I do, because I can say this, that, the other, and here's my you know, linear thought process that you obviously don't have, so I know the right way. Right. And that was extremely destructive. Yes. You know, in the beginning of our relationship, she, I think, appreciated that. Yeah. However... As she became more comfortable in herself and she uh, and our relationship went to new levels and and, you know, we got married and, you know, all of a sudden I think that there was this moment for her where she's like, hold on, this fucker doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, <laughs> <laughs> but he acts like he does. And when shit goes wrong, he blames me, but he's the one that made all the decisions. Right, right, right. right. And that, I think, was, uh, was probably some of the biggest challenges for her is that, one, uh, I didn't value her opinion yeah. on things. I didn't eval value her methodology of how she came about, you yeah. know, believing what she believed. I didn't value the fact that she just couldn't verbalize it and yeah. that I needed to just trust her gut instinct. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Ultimately, I just really didn't value her as a person, yeah. right? And and I think that as I as I think back on it, like in in my mind, that wasn't where I was coming from. Um, but my all of my actions absolutely support that that uh, thought process that she went through. And now looking back on it today, I can see that. Um, and I try to be very aware of it now. And you know, before coming here, I asked her. I said, you know. Uh, I'm going to go do this podcast. And so I'm just curious, um, you know, what are your feelings now that, you know, I've been doing Warrior for over two years. Um, you know, I've not been 100% on all the time, but I've pretty much been living, you know, the Warrior's way. And, and so I asked her, what do you feel? And at this point, what I thought was great is that she said, uh, you know, you're safe to talk to. Yes. And I feel like I can open up to you. I can share with you, and um, and that's that's pretty meaningful to me. Yeah, that, that's a that's a full one eighty from where we were two years ago. That's a huge thing too, because I you know I would um, until this day, like till this day, bro. I would I would um, yeah I I would go to a place where my patient is just it's just it's not there. And I go in a place where where the dude comes out and the sequencer and the logical guy and the fucking, you know, the, the, the legal attorney of arguments sticks out and it starts putting all the pieces of logic together and saying, you know, this is why this matters or this is why you're fucking wrong, to your point. And, you know, we get to play the fuck fuck game, which is I'm wrong or you're right, I'm wrong, you're right, you're right, you're right, I'm wrong. And at the end of the day, fuck ourselves in that process because there's no one going anywhere. Um, but till this day, I, 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 yeah, there, there are times, man, where you know when you you that that patient is just immediately gets burned, and in that space, 
uh, I feel that I violate her space. In, yeah. in, uh, in her sp- in a space of, when I mean violating her space, I mean uh, space of freedom, space of thinking, sta- space of creation and imagination. And it could easily, easily get overwritten by an aggressive fucking comment or a gesture. Yeah. In myself, right? So, uh, and, it's, and it's great that we're talking about this because ultimately this is shit that dudes don't talk about. Like, to this level, I mean... When you start putting our patterns and behaviors under microscope, number one, you're gonna realize that hey man, no one's arrived anywhere. Like if if there hasn't been any fucking perfect husband that's sitting on this fucking chair, and my guess is there won't be anybody fucking sitting on this particular chair. There may be some perfect husbands out there, but they're sitting on different chairs in the warrior's way fucking chair. <laughs> uh, because the reality is that it's a struggle, right? It's a struggle because no one has arrived. But there's always a greater version of you as a husband because we continuously question our patterns and behaviors. And that's what we're trained on. So when yeah. you say you've been living the Warrior's Way for two two years and I've been living this for, for ever since I've joined Warrior, it's truly we are conditioned to question better questions and, and go after bigger problems. Am I, am I acting the same way that I'm acting six years ago? Fuck no. Do I still have some of the patterns and behaviors on the past Yes, they will never. I will be a foolish to think if they will go away. They're part of me, man. They can never go away. So the manifestation of it from time to time is going to come out. And if I deny the fact that it's not there, it's just worse because one day it's just going to take over. Yeah. And so when we say that we learn to live with our totalities, that we l- get to learn with our patterns and behaviors, because it is the same fucking patterns and behaviors that attracted your wife to you from from the beginning and you said it yeah at the beginning this is what she liked so you know you cannot dismiss that that scientifically there mathematically that equation was put together to put to you you two together and then we become disconnected from our patterns and behaviors and 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 the amount of pain or expectation or false hope that we actually create by our decisions because our decisions most most of the time are linked to our assumptions and our, our justification. Yeah. And that projects an expectation and a hope for them that is not always met. And in that space is where we end up hurting them. Um, and I had to learn this uh, daily. And I continue to learn this daily because I continue to fuck up inside of that space. And, and, uh, but I course correct. I course correct and I'm able to see that, okay, yeah, maybe in this situation, I should have communicated this way. And I judge myself. I get it. But at the end of the day, I arrive at a path that makes things better. And that path is given by no one by me, right? Because yeah. I question it. Yeah. Um, and we do that through, through a process that we call the stack. Yep. Uh, you're familiar with that. It's is, is, is questioning our triggers and, and things that we fucked up on or, or other people or, or that we blame other people for. So how has that process has helped you? With your mindset and thinking and structuring, your, you know, your your alpha, right? That keeps bouncing back from old pattern behaviors and new ones that are actually what you want. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, well, not I think. One of the, one of the stacks I did, I was so pissed off at my wife because I felt as though she was just, I don't know, the term I'd use is, is maybe flighty. That she was noncommittal on like anything, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm doing a stack and I'm pissed off. I am, you know, putting everything out there. And then it comes to walk in the block, right? Mm-hmm. 
and it's like, what's your trigger? And then now I have to start turning that trigger around mm -hmm. onto me. And when and I don't I, I can't remember exactly what the trigger statement was. But what I do remember is that when I had to walk the block and turn that trigger statement back on me, I broke down in tears because it was this revelation that I was the one mm -hmm. that was being everything that I was blaming her for. I was doing all of that. And it complete. I mean, by the end of the stack, I was just a blubbering mess. And I think that that might have been, if not the first, it was maybe like the second stack I ever shared with my wife. Yeah. And and I remember I had to cancel my appointments for the day because I mean, when I when I sat down, as soon as I did that stack, I brought her in and I read it to her, and I was just in tears. Yes. And that was that stack. I believe was pivotal in my relationship with my wife because it brought an awakening to realize the power that she has and how long I had been pushing it away. And while I was blaming her for being noncommittal, mm. ultimately it was me who wasn't being committed, who wasn't committing to the things that she wanted, the desires that she had. And it was all self-centered on me. And that that revelation was significant. It was, you know, to this day, that's pr I think that stack was the most powerful stack that I that I've ever completed. Uh, it's not the first one that's brought me to tears, but it's definitely the first one that hit me mm -hmm. in that way where I would say that it changed my life forever. It's crazy because of the, this idea of projection, right? We project the things that we are ashamed of. We project the things that we blame. We project the things that we're angry at, right? So uh, I, it was reminded once again to me by my wife. So, yes, I, I think it was, yeah, yesterday, man, uh, I, you know, I ordered... I ordered Persian food at this 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 place, and this place is down here in Orange County. It's supposed to be, and I knew this place is always fucking busy, especially on Sunday. And it was like 3 p.m. in the afternoon. It's like rush time. People come and pick some shit up, and you know, whatever. I knew it was gonna be busy because I knew the system is already fucking broken. So I called rather than go there because I knew it was gonna be a shit show. I call and they said, you know, they take my order and they said like, yeah, it's gonna be ready in 40 minutes. Come pick it up. So I go there, and it's a grocery store, and part of it is is where the restaurant is. So it's like a grocery store, and then the, the part of it is the restaurant, and it's split out, and you have to pay at the restaurant, and you can't pay at the grocery store, and they have all these these rules of operating. Uh, which, so I go there, and, and there's a bunch of people in line. So the first thing I'm triggered <laughs> by is like, okay, where is the line for fucking takeout? Like, first of all, is this the line to pay, or is this the line to take out? Or is this the line to fucking, like, you know, wait for your food? What is this fucking long? Because uh, this line is fucking long. And motherfucker, you are in America. You should have a fucking sign <laughs> that says pick up here or that says, especially as if you're busy as you are right now and you don't have fucking chairs and tables and it doesn't look like it's a fucking restaurant. It does. I don't know what it is. Is it a grocery store? Is it a fucking restaurant? Is it a bakery? Whatever the fuck it is, it's a way for you to make a lot of money, but yet it's not structured. So all this thing is going on in my mind, by the way. <laughs> so I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I get triggered and I go and ask in the counter, say, hey, if I have a put to pick up, where uh, where do I need to pick up? So I rudely, I was told to go back in the fucking line, which meaning that that's the line. So anyway, I waited like five minutes. It wasn't that bad. 
come to the counter. The person, no greeting, no hi, nothing. Just like, okay, uh, order. Okay, for Sam takes the money, and that's it. And then she gives me the receipt. So I take, I look at her like this in the eye, and I'm like, what's next? She's like, oh, that person is going to talk to you. I go, oh, okay. So that's the, that's the second fucking trigger. It's like, what the fuck? You don't even, not that you don't greet me, now you didn't even give me a fucking instruction. Another stack of trigger on top of that, right? So this dude comes in, an older guy with a mustache rolled up in the corner, and he's kind of getting my order. Says Sam, I said yes. So he's looking at the order and he's taking his time. And while there's a fucking argument going on between the staff and the and the Spanish dudes in the back that are cooking, like all that is happening behind the scene. There's a huge line and there's an old lady complaining. There's a dude dealing with that. And again, you're standing there not knowing where the fuck you are. Are you in a grocery store? Is this a bakery? Like, what the fuck is happening <laughs> around me? So, dude, I'm standing there, and the guy kind of opens my, 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 my to-go meal, right? So they have it all, like, attached so the heat doesn't go out. They have it attached with foil. So he opens the foil. Then I get fucking triggered because I got another 30-minute drive to home, and now the food is going to get cold because he just opened the Open fucking it. foil and the heat is out. So what's the point of preserving the fucking heat with foil? Which he should get because I know, right? He works there. He's an extra. So then he's, he's like, okay, uh, this and this and this. Like, I don't need you to fucking verify my shit. You, you got to get it wrong anyway. I know. I know you're going to get it wrong so many times. You got to fucking wrong. So don't fucking verify. I don't take my fucking chances. <laughs> Then he's like, oh, apparently we give you one, uh, one piece of meat extra. Uh, okay. So he's, he began, like, taking it, taking it back. I, so then I, at that point, I'm like, fuck this, man. I said, hey, don't take it back, man. I don't want my food to be, like, I don't want my food to be manipulated again, man. I don't know whose hand is going to go in and take that off and put it back on. So don't, don't do it. Let's just don't worry about it. If I need pay extra, I need pay extra. Just pack it up and let me go. If I need to just take the fucking rice, I'll just take the fucking rice. Don't take my fucking food in the back. Right, so the guy, the, now the guy is like, you know, he's offended. I didn't say fucking. I just told him in Persian. I said, just give me my food back. Right, I didn't, I didn't swear. I just said, give me my food back. So, the guy is putting it all in, uh, in, in the bag and getting it ready. And so I, 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 I take the stuff and try to help him put him in the back. He refuses to to get my help. I'm like, okay, whatever. This other guy comes in. I said hello, whatever. And before I leave. Before I leave, the guy had to actually create a fucking problem by saying, they don't come here for their food. They come here to fight. He said that. Oh, no. And I, dude, everything was done, right? So then I lost my shit. I'm like, I'm not fighting. I'm not complaining. Your system is broken. So, and I went through everything that I explained to you here. Yeah. From the time that you come, there's no greeting. There's no sign. No, I've been waiting 40 minutes uh, you know, uh, 20 minutes in the store and 40 minutes before. So it's a 60 minutes to have something picked up. Your system is broken. And then you're putting your hands in my food. You're taking away the heat. And then you want to go in the back, have some other dude put his hand on it. Man, I'm not, I'm not frustrated. Your system is broken. Your system creates frustration, right? So obviously I put him in the corner with some of the logic here. We're talking about the sequence. He doesn't talk because if he knows that he talks after that, like, I'm ready to talk back at that point yeah. because I'm not swearing at this point. I'm just saying, I'm just logically saying your system is broken, which was true. I was just speaking the truth. Um, so anyway, I pack my shit. 
I go and I had to buy some other stuff. Uh, and then while you have your food, because you're buying other stuff, now you have to go and pay it at some other cash because that's the grocery. So I wait another 10 minutes for the grocery line. I, um, you know, I've, um, I pay for my stuff. The dude is like, hey, how is it in the back? Like, he just, just randomly. I said, bro, like, it's, it's like, it's worse than the fucking Vietnam War. I don't know, Iraq, Iran, whatever, <laughs> you know, Kuwait, fucking 9 11, whatever. The, every, if you're there, somebody's getting hurt, man. That's for sure. So he starts laughing. He goes, yeah, man, they're trying to like push us back there and try to work there. Nobody wants to go there. <laughs> I go, anyway, I go back in the car and, and, and I tell the story to my wife, uh, right? And I'm, and I'm telling it this time in a funny way because I kind of want to. You know, I'm triggered as fuck right now, man, like in the car, but I'm trying to reframe myself and make this situation funny because the kids are in the car and I don't want to fucking, you know, talk about this. Yeah. And, and my wife said something interesting and, and she said, you know what it is? It's just, you know, it, it, it's not. It's just they're projecting their shame on you. And it was so true because here's the current reality. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, uh, you know, they're immigrants from other countries where in, the, in their country, they were like engineers. They had a status or a significance. Right. So now they're back and working behind a grocery store. And it's like there's an assault on on their their status. I don't quietly give a fuck about this story because my dad was exactly who this guy was. Yeah. He left everything. So he he brought us here so he can have a better life for us. And he never acted like them. Right. So I don't buy that fucking story. But I do believe that the majority of them operate this way because every time we go in a place where the people in service are Persian, they and, and if they're serving Persian, which means that, you know, they're serving so and so people from the same culture. And then they feel they feel ashamed that they're serving at this level because before they were served. Yeah. Now they are serving because condition has changed. And that feeling of being ashamed is now projected in, you know, the comments and yep. the attitude and not saying hello and this and that because they don't operate this way with other people. Right. Be but because of this comparison that takes in their mind, it's like, hey, we used to be equal. I used to be served. Now I'm serving this. So they project that, and I've seen it over and over and over for years, and I couldn't figure this shit out, Drew. Like, I couldn't figure out why these motherfuckers, the people that are in service, dude, you should be fucking happy, man, that you're working. I work, too. Like, I, I fucking flip burgers. I did all that shit, bro. I have zero. Like, that's why, bro, when, when I go somewhere and somebody's, like, cleaning a bathroom, it's like, bro, I did that shit. Like, you're not cleaning it properly, and don't fucking complain. I've done it. I've done I've done all the works. I wash dishes, clean bathroom, I cooked, I you know, passed uh, the newspapers. Man, you washed cars, cut grass. So I've done the labors, you know what I mean? Yep. So and and I've appreciated that I had a job because that would actually pay me and if it wasn't with that, I wanted like I was happy for what I was doing because it was in that time it was providing me what I needed. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and so I was always grateful inside of that. And when I run into someone that's super frustrated, and, and, you know, it's always a fuck off from me with love saying, bro, fuck off. Appreciate what you're doing because, you know, at least you're doing something. Right. Yep. And I have nothing to do with the fact that you're doing what you're doing right now. And maybe what you're doing right now is exactly where you need to be and stop fucking fighting it. Because that's what I did. When I was doing what I was doing, I was exactly where I was. I didn't fight it. 
Did I want more? Yes. But I didn't fight where I was. And because of that, I allowed the flow to continue. I didn't fuck with the flow. So coming back to this is this projection that you're talking about. Projection of they feel ashamed and that becomes a projection of anger, right? Yeah. It's a blame. They don't know really who. There is a villain. Whatever the fucking villain in, then there is a frustration against that villain. And that anger comes back and there's this back and forth that always taking place. Um, so interesting that you brought that up because yesterday, truly for the first time, I've actually physically experienced this projection. I've always talked about this and I've seen it in myself, but to actually solve a problem that for years I was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. And to be able to solve that, my wife told me I was huge. Um, so, you know, I, I project too, right? I project constantly. When, when I get angry at something, it's truly my projection of the situation and how the situation is affecting me. Or how I'm showing up in that situation. Yep. Uh, dude, I I I'm I'm constantly projecting frustration when it comes to you know nutrition and following structure around nutrition or you know working out. It's just like it it that frustration because dude, it it's the ongoing work, right? It's the ongoing work. And for for all of us, there's an area of weakness. In my you know that seem that's my area, right? Yeah. And working on that, there there's ne- you know, the, the progress is there, but it's not instantaneous. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep. So you find yourself constantly in this situation of projection. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting because since, you know, joining with Warrior and especially since Warrior Week, because there there's a distinct difference yeah. in who I am post-Warrior Week than pre-Warrior yeah, Week. Yeah, let's and make it, that fucking yeah, clear. Well, and it doesn't matter that I was in it for over 18 months yep. before going Warrior. Like, like Warrior Week makes you a different human being, right? And and the thing that I would say, and I've heard it over and over again on Parables of the Pit, is that I see the world in a different way. And so now when I get those frustrations and when I get triggered by something, the thing that, that I don't, ex- you know, I guess I don't experience it right away, but what does happen is I start to realize the only reason why I'm pissed off is because there's something about that that's a reflection of myself. Mm. And that awareness is a little bit fucked up because it makes it difficult to stay mad, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. sometimes you want to. Sometimes yeah. you want to be pissed off. Yesterday I wanted. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized that, man, well, I'm pissed off about that because there is something within me, and that's just a mirroring back, yes. something I don't like about myself. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what happened yesterday. So all along, I'm hearing this projection thing, and I'm mad at myself because, man, I could have just totally handled this differently. I Like, I was already pissed off all day, walked into that store, I walked in pissed off. Yeah. So it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't that these people were doing anything to piss me off. It's because I already sequenced it to be fucking triggered, and I was just waiting for the final victim to blame, which was the old guy with the fucking mustache, you know? Yeah. Guy was cool. Yeah. Good dude was cool. I could have snapped at the lady, but yeah, I would have probably been, <laughs> much rather snap at the lady because she was rude, fucking rude. Yeah, she didn't say. Oh, she didn't say hi. Big fucking deal. How many other times we've gone to places and people didn't say hi? You got the fucking food. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. What, what you here to say hi? You're here to buy hi or buy the fucking food, right? Yeah. So, but I've already, I've already set myself up for that, for that trigger. And and when I went back in the car and when she said that, I was like, fuck, man. You know, it, this is all about me. Yeah. Right? This is all about me. And like, okay, what is it in this moment? 
in the car. I was all fucked, man. I'm like, okay, in this moment, what is it that I'm truly triggered? Well, motherfucker, you're supposed to be on like some fucking diet, and here you are with like bags of heavy duty food <laughs> and like sweets and shit like that. And it's like, bro, you know, the food is good here, right? But like you're going overboard right now because when you went to pick this shit up, you weren't supposed to pick a bunch of sweets. And yep. and then, like, your excuse, I'm going to pick it up for the kids. Kids don't give a fuck about sweets, man, because they're not they, they, they're not conditioned that way. Yep. So, dude, in the car, everything came very clear. That it's like, fuck, you know, it's truly not about th the place, the system. like, And I can go on logically, make a very beautiful argument that it is about them. And the truth is, the system is fucked up. But I'm not there to buy the system. <laughs> yep. I'm not to fucking buy, buy the, food the food and get the fuck out of there, man. Yeah. So I can choose my battle, right? I can be relevant and say, where the fuck is my food? Get the food and get out of there. Or I could totally be unrelevant and fight the wrong battle, which is you guys have the wrong system and blah, 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 blah. Dude, like my opinion is not going to change the fucking system. And even yeah. if it does, who gives a shit? I'm in that system once every three months right <laughs> yeah right yep. so the relevancy of what we uh um you know act upon uh, and these are all concepts that we're trained of right yeah but to be able to reframe all this shit within like 10 minutes and have the the, the rest of the day more clear and more conscious about the choices that i'm making both for myself and my family dude like i i can't put a fucking value around yeah that. You know, the, the, one of the things I was talking to my wife about before coming in here today was, you know, I was just thinking about how over the last, um, well, shit, almost, well, probably a year now, almost a year, uh, there have been just components in my life where I felt way more triggered than I'd felt previously. And as I was thinking about it, uh, Danielle and I both kind of came to this conclusion that you know, in May of last year, we uh, moved Danielle's parents in with us because they need care, right? They live a completely different life than yeah. we do. I mean, in every sense of the word. And in their relationship, they are completely disconnected. And sometimes it almost feels like they hate each other, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and when, and then, you know, the way that they eat is completely different than the way that, that we eat. And what's happened since bringing them in is that, you know, all sorts of components within my life and within Danielle's life and our kids' life has kind of gotten fucked up from just being around them, right? They're very negative just in their nature. That's just who they are. And so next thing I know, and it was uh, Coach Sean has, has over the last few weeks made a couple of comments on some posts that I made into the network. And... Uh, what the first one started with stop being a fucking victim. Mm. And and that hit me a little bit. And then the second one was along the same lines. And it just all of a sudden hit me that I am looking at all these things of being with with them. And they are basically, you know, all this shit that triggers me is really just the things that they do that are an expression of something that I do that I don't like. So yeah. my mother-in-law has an incredible sweet tooth, is constantly bringing candies and snacks and all sorts of just absolute shit food that we would never allow in our house it before. Is, yes. She's bringing it into the house, and the reality is that I don't have self-control around that, right? Yeah. And I'm, or I'm not, I'm not giving myself control around that. 
And so all of a sudden, you know, I start gaining weight as she's been in here and she's constantly bringing in more and more and more. And so the trigger point is that I'm all pissed off at her for buying all this shit when the reality is no one said I had to eat it. Yes. But I do, you know, and so I'm pissed off at myself. I'm pissed off at, at you know, Danielle's dad because he just doesn't do anything around the house at all to help like he'll do stuff outside but he won't help with dishes he won't help that's a woman's job you know <laughs> that's his philosophy he truly believes that and you know but i look and it's and i think that that it triggers me so much because there's parts of me where i feel guilty that maybe i'm not doing enough mm. and that that i'm putting all of it on my wife and so i find or maybe myself part of you that that it says like fuck i shouldn't be fucking washing dishes yeah that, that oh. part too like You know, maybe the dude is right. Maybe the dude is old. <laughs> I want to be old school, too. Yeah. You know, fucking yeah. wash the goddamn fucking dishes, woman. <laughs> but but yeah, you're right. Yeah, all that stuff. And so it's interesting because Danielle and I both have felt a tremendous amount of stress since living with them. Yes, yes. And it's not just in the fact of having to cook for them. And, and we did that. We elected that. So it's not just, you know, those components that we elected. It's actually the dynamics that they bring into the house yeah. and how much of a reflection they are of the things that we don't like about ourselves. Yes. And that's created a tremendous amount of stress and pressure on us. And we're, we're trying to figure out how to even just level through that and normalize it and then begin to try to, you know, acknowledge it and turn it into something that gives us power instead of something that we just feel victim to. But just to hear you out, it's beautiful that at least you're, 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 it's team, it's teamwork, right? Yeah. It, it, it's a teamwork on Absolutely. this. And, uh, and that's the beauty, right? Most often we would end up alone trying to solve two problems. One, you know, our wife's problem Two, the problem of the situation in this case, the in-laws or some other situation. But the progress here, bro, is that you're solving the problem, too. And that's why she's feeling more safe to come to you, right? Yeah. Because she doesn't, she yep. sees less failure on her ideas getting executed about something versus your sequence that was always right. Yeah. So it's just great to see the loop coming back. I want to talk about the fucking shovel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, what the fuck, bro? We're going to talk about the fucking shovel. Okay. So, uh, Why don't you tell us the story? So it it must have been I, I think it was May actually a year ago, yeah a year ago now just it was May of last year. Uh, I was on a call. I don't even remember what the fuck it was. I was on a call though, a webinar, and I got called into the boardroom. I think is what it was. It was a boardroom call. So there were maybe five brothers there, and we each had to identify an issue that was bugging us in that moment. And I commented on, you know, the struggle of losing weight. And at the time, let's see, I would have been, so in March, I was 270 pounds. So I'm five foot eight. So to kind of give some perspective on that, five foot eight, 270 pounds. Uh, by May, I'd probably lost about 10 pounds or so. I'd lost some. So I was having progress. And um, so you're talking to me. And next thing I know, you say, I need you to grab something in my office. You know what it is. And in my office, behind my, my back is this, this chrome-plated shovel from a groundbreaking that I'm on the board for a hospital. It's for the groundbreaking of this new hospital we built. And he says, I want you to grab that shovel. And so I go and I grab the shovel. And it was basically like, you know, you are going to dig your way out of this. And you had me write down some targets on there with the idea that I was going to bring the shovel to you at WarriorCon 3. Yeah. And uh, so 
I wasn't going to use that shovel because <laughs> I like that shovel. <laughs> However, the numbers are still written on the back of that shovel. Yes. I never wiped them off. Those numbers are still on the back of that fucking shovel. But what I did do is I went and I got another shovel, and it's black, and I put a Warrior logo on it. And, I mean, we tricked it out Warrior style. And you told me to carry that shovel with me every day. Yeah. And I did. That shovel went in my car every day. It came out of my car every night. I would do workouts with the shovel. Uh, I mean, I took that fucking token of a shovel with me everywhere. Yeah. And and I did. I got down. Uh, so December 1st, I weighed in at 199. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. So pretty excited. And that was the objective was the before Warrior Con 3 was to get down to uh, 199. Yeah. And so I did. And I, I brought the shovel to Warrior Con 3 and uh, gave it to you. Yeah. On the stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. So we we kept uh, we uh, we had it at your Warrior Week, and yep. we we uh, we have the shovel in each Warrior Week, and there's an evolution around uh, in Warrior Week. And if we get to come to Warrior Week one day, you'll you'll get to find out. But that involves the shovel, and it's uh, pretty emotional, uh, which brings us back to day one into uh, into the pit, right? Ultimately, this is parables from the pit. So I want you to go back to day one in Warrior Week, and you know we, we fast the shovel evolution and. Now we're rolling and the night is kicking in and we go into the pit. Uh, what what did you have to face in the pit? I had to face my my mom. Mm. Uh, my relationship with my mom is actually still a challenging relationship, to say the least. It's it's a challenging relationship, and and that was uh, what I had to face because what I realized is that. I have always sought her approval, but I never really feel like I've done enough for her. Mm. Um, she's always seems to be upset with something I've done or haven't done. Uh, more often, things I haven't done. Mm -hmm. um, and that weighs on me. It's It still actually weighs on me uh, periodically. Um but that was that was what I I brought in was um, was that anger that I was feeling towards her. And so, how has that ev uh, relationship evolved? Well, it's interesting because um, I guess the way that it has evolved now, because I I won't say that it's in a good spot. Mm. You know, uh, as a matter of fact. On Mother's Day, or the weekend before Mother's Day, I, I had just, on Saturday, Danielle and I kind of came up with an idea that we would do a brunch for both of our moms at our house. And I was going to tell my mom and, and suggest that we do this on Sunday, you yeah. know, is, is when I was going to reach out, so the, the, week, the Sunday before Mother's Day. Before I could do it, I get this text from her that, you know, um, I'm going to go do this on Mother's Day. And, you know, whenever you feel like there's a time that's the, where there's not a social obligation, feel free to connect and maybe we can have lunch. Yeah. And that triggered the fuck out of me because I'm like, you know, I just had created these plans. You're retired. I mean, I figure a week's notice is probably OK. Yeah. Um, but. You know, it's again, it's just it kind of is that back to that moment where it's like, man, it just doesn't seem like I can ever do things quite right, you yeah. know. And so the space where it leaves me in is is and I still find myself falling back to this old method where it really triggers me. But the space that I kind of fell into is this acknowledgement that that's on her. She is choosing yeah. to receive me in that way. Yeah. 
And it doesn't matter that I, what I say. She's choosing to receive me that way. And I have to be okay with understanding that that's on her, and that's not a reflection of me. Yeah. But it's hard. You know, I miss my mom. It, and it, so sometimes that's hard. It's hard, bro. And, and you know, for, for dudes listening to this and guys listening to this, I mean, you know, let's put all the fucking bullshit aside. Something like this from a loved one, mom or dad or, you know, someone, brother or sister, like an ongoing conflict, you know what I mean? From a very, very close person to you, an ongoing unsolved conflict, like a fog, a fucking conflict. It consumes energy. It does. And, and, and he, here's how this has all come together that most entrepreneur and most businessmen don't want to fucking talk about, right? So because you get all these cool guys coming in on Instagram talking about, you know, oh, do this, motivational talk. And then the reality is when you break it down is it comes down to consumption of energy. And if you wake up in the morning and you have this unresolved conflict most of your life, right? Something like with your mom, there's this fog of unconflict, like fucking, you know, unsolved conflict. And you have to wake up and you have to contribute energy into it. Like you, because you're thinking about it and now it's consuming your, your thoughts. And so it's taken away what could have been given to your wife next to you. It's taken away what could have been given to your boys and to your kids and to your loved ones, to your employees, to the people, to yourself, most important, to yourself. And so for years we operate under this. Hey man, I got this. Don't worry about it. You know, you know, I, you know, my mom relationship is not that. You know, you know, she's old, like, or whatever. Fuck her. We don't talk. Guy, fucking talk when it comes to fundamental source of problem that affects one energy. Because as you start resolving that source with with conclusions such as yours, which is, hey, I will never be able to change the way she's perceiving things, but I have to be okay and understanding that this is how she's going to perceive. Just because she's perceiving in this way doesn't mean that I'm fueling it this way, right? Right. I'm not fueling it the way she thinks she's perceiving it. And so that is on her. Can I have a relationship with my womp? Yes, but I must have this self-agreement in place or else I'll fuck myself in this process. And so dudes don't, don't understand this because this is not a topic that, it needs ongoing attention because if it needs ongoing attention, you're fucked either way. Because if you start going to a, you know, some kind of therapist talking, dude, you're fucking contributing energy to it. It is, it is, and it it's energy that is supposed to go to your kids that you're solving on this. And you think that it's going to get you somewhere, but it's not going to get you. And it's a false fucking lift. All it is, is exactly what you said is that you have to understand the foundation rules of this. And you make a choice from that place. This person is in life or not. If she's in your life, then that rule kicks in. Yeah. And no matter how this thing, or there is a conversation that takes place. And most probably, a lot of these conversations don't go in the right way, which takes you to a place of complete separation. And that's a solution. Yeah. That's a solution. That's a solution. Separation for a long time in order to arrive at a new conclusion. You can be separated from your loved one for years in order to come back and reapply on the new rules of engagement or not. But the idea of constantly contributing energy to this, bro, this is the common problem between all of us. And so for you, it's your mom. And for me, maybe somebody else. And for my wife, maybe or a mom. But the fact that this conflict, it, is, it becomes the family's conflict. Your wife is involved now in this solutionizing. 
Yeah. Right. And the kids are involved and you have to manage the relationship between, you know, how you feel about grandma and how they feel about grandma, because not necessarily they need they need they don't necessarily need to feel the same way you feel about mom. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, so all this is energy management. Yeah. Right. And and people sit back and say, OK, where all this goes? Well, dude, if there's all there's a device now to calculate all kind of energy that that's being spent on when you physically move. Very soon, we're going to have a device that's going to be calculating the cognitive energy and the energy we put into other things and thoughts and the emotions. And looking back, and if you like, and said, bro, my brain is fucking fried because for the, for the majority of the day, my logical and emotional you know, components of my brain were operating. And, you know, fuck, I like, I like, I like for my breathing part to only be taking place once in a while in order for those places to recover. But the idea is, man, sometimes so what, I'm bringing this up because sometimes something small as, you know, I had to face my mom in the pit, right? So the audience is listening to this, doesn't understand the process of fucking Warrior Week. And those that have gone through the process of Warrior Week, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like something like that, it, it is the source of the problem. Everything else is a fucking symptom. You cheated on your wife. You cheated on your, you know, employees, or you stole some money. You did some fucked up shit. All those are symptoms of the source of the fucking problem. And the source of the problem is this unresolved conflict that has been going on for a while. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No. And and uh, the way that it that I view it manifesting itself within me is that I really just struggle with believing in myself. Yeah. Right. That I feel like. Internally, so so I might have some external uh, folks saying, or you know that, or even results saying, "Oh, you're doing the right thing." But internally, I'm constantly in this battle of questioning whether or not I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, and and that's that's something that I just am constantly having to to work through and identify that that you know I'm I uh, I guess getting that certainty yeah. right um, because it it definitely. When I think about my relationship with my mom, I, I definitely do not feel <laughs> that it gives me certainty yes. at all. Um, and so that's that weighs on me. And the energy, you're right. I mean, even even in recognizing that and I can tell myself that, hey, this is this is my mom's you know perception of the of the way that I'm responding. She's choosing to take it this way. But it still weighs on me. You know, I find myself, I mean, it can be as simple as something like just washing, you know, taking a shower. And next thing I know, I'm thinking about how, you know, she's upset at me. And this was like three weeks ago. Right. And it still will take that mental energy. And so, um, you know, so it's interesting because it's it's something that still, you know, I, I guess I haven't fully worked through. And I just am constantly uh, feeling at battle with and then yeah. I need to. I just, I just, I not need. I, I want to. Yeah. I want to find you know re resolution in that. And so one of the challenges, and you kind of touched on it, is how do we operate moving forward in this relationship? And and at this moment, I don't really know. And I think that's why it still kind of comes back on me throughout this. Is, is I can say and I can you know logically acknowledge that it's on my mom, yeah. right? That how she perceives it is on her, but. There's still this emotional part of me that wants connection with my mom, yep. wants mom to feel good about her relationship with me. Uh, I'm an only son, so it's a pretty big deal for us to have yeah. a fucked up relationship, right? I mean, uh, that's a big deal to her. I know it is. I know it's it's painful for yep. her. 
And so recognizing that um, it is hard and trying to figure out what to do with it is uh, presents its own challenges, too. So uh, I think part of this is, you know, th th this fire that that you find within at Warrior Week. Right. And, and th the uh, you brought it up on this on this conversation is that, you know, living the Warrior's way is one thing. Coming into Warrior Week changes a man because it's the fire that forges a man forever to move forward. And just like if you think about fire, it is constantly moving forward. It is constantly moving up. It is constantly rising. It is a constant movement of rise and expansion and it's a beautiful metaphor to look at fire and what you forge within that actually grows and keeps you pushing forward and ongoing problems right ongoing problems that we are solving as men in business in relationship with our kids uh, our wives and obviously on the conflicts that are unresolved such as in your scenario uh but if you look at it, it's like two parallel lines right you and your mom in two parallel lines and the question you need to, to resolve is that how close these lines need to be because your fire may burn her line <laughs> and her coldness may, you know, may actually affect the fire, right? Yeah. So what yeah. is that distance? Because it's going to be parallel forever. It's going to be parallel because, you know, it's mom and you, right? The biology has been written in the, in the, uh, in the universe that this is how this is, this is brought together. Um, and the question that we, we have to manage as adults because your life matters, your family lives matter, and now you are pulled in a lot into the life of others, including your in-laws, and like which it's all energy consumption, yeah. all of it. Everything that we talked about today <clears throat> takes ounces of energy from you yeah. that could be given into your wife, that could be given into your kids. And I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong or right, but I'm saying it's the reality. Is that yeah. that that's why this feels like overwhelming? That's why it feels like it's hard. And uh, we have been shut down by the uh, by the lights right here, and uh, <laughs> we were going in a fucking pit right there. <laughs> but so, wh what do you like? What do you hear me say inside of this? The parallel lines. Well, I guess that what I what I'm hearing is kind of what I was getting to is this idea of of knowing that we're always going to be connected. Yeah. Right? The, yeah. In the universe, we're connected. There's no getting away from that. We're connected. We're tied together. But I do get to choose how long the length of rope is between us. Yes. Right? And so I need to... Um, need is an interesting word. So, so what I want is I want to identify where that relationship fuels me. Yes. Right? Where does it fuel me? How does it fuel me? At what distance do I feel power from the relationship versus feeling it it like a vacuum sucking it from me, right? With the idea that that if I can find that space, then what it does, it actually creates opportunity for me to grow and, and fuel the relationship a little bit. Yes. And maybe as time goes on, we can bring our lines closer together. Yes. Right. That's that's how I view that. That's how I think about that. Is in, and that's the space that I think I'm in right now is just trying to identify what is that that gap that's appropriate for us, because ultimately what I want is I want to bring the lines closer together. Yes. But uh you know, it's it's just not working right now. That so I got to figure out what that space is where she has the space to feel like she's being heard and expressing herself. But at the same time, 
I'm not taking that energy and having it, you know, basically create a, an energy vacuum sucking away my fire. Absolutely. Um, if you would, if you would talk to someone on um, on this podcast, right? We got our audiences listening to the podcast, and the audience actually knows a person that they may actually identify with you. You know, everything that you shared on this podcast, everything, everything that I shared, you shared. If, but if you were to, if you were to talk to directly to a person that has just been asked to watch this or listen to this podcast, uh, what would you say to this man? Yeah, I, I think that what I would say is the, the thing that hits me more and more all the time as I've been engaged with Warrior is that the thing that I think I want from Warrior and the thing that may, and initially the thing I thought I needed mm. from Warrior is not what I needed. And so we've been talking about balance in relationships this whole time. Mm. And yet I came into Warrior for business, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> I came into Warrior for business. And so I think that what I would say to someone is that, you know, where you feel you need help is really probably just the surface. And while I totally get it and I don't think that you're wrong, that you need help there, the reality is that that's just the easiest place for you to put your finger on because the real problem is way fucking more painful and you're scared of it. You're scared to address it. You're scared to actually recognize and acknowledge that there's something much deeper somewhere else in your life that's creating these problems within your business or whatever that issue is, whether it's body or, or anything else. And, and that I would encourage you to be open-minded to the possibility that there is more to what you're feeling than what you recognize. That is true. That is absolutely true. And what causes that fear is our hesitation towards solving that pain or the problem uh, that we don't want to deal with, right? And we yeah. don't want to deal with is that we don't, you know, we don't want to be in the presence of that fear. Right? Yeah. We, we just don't want to be associated with the presence of that fear. And because we are in charge, we're pretty good at, at managing that fear, right? So we manage yep. the fear not to, not to break through, but rather to break free, break free temporarily from, from the pain, but it doesn't take it away. Uh, amazing fucking podcast, amazing shares. If you are listening to this podcast and you feel that what you learned here inside of this conversation resonated with you, we ask you one thing, and that is to simply forward this message, forward this uh, podcast. It's going to be available in the next two days on iTunes and as well as worryweeknow.com, and just simply forward the link to a, to a man that you know in your life. Uh, you know, Worry Week Now podcast is, was never meant to be a popular podcast. We will never be popular because the shit that we talk about here is shit that people don't want to hear, right? But and, and the reality and the truth is and when, when they do end up hearing it, is it begins the transformation process of for them to start looking into a new possibility and start seeking what is seeking them. And inside of those parameters, meet and find what they've always held on to uh, which is something that we all have within. That I often say the fucking, you know, the, 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 we, we, the shovel and, you know, uh, we, we, we have the diamond inside of us, but we keep putting fucking mud on the diamond with the shovel 
um, so that, number one, we, there's a significance that we're doing the work, we're holding a fucking shovel, we're pointing mud on our own fucking diamond that is supposed to shine, and then we run around looking most of our lives for shiny objects where all this time the shiny, the shiny object has been within, and all we had to do is just remove the, the shovel, uh, remove the, the mud with the shovel. So the shovel is just a tool, right? Yeah. It, it's, it, you know, what you do with it makes it different. Um, thanks for being on the call. I know this, this was a special day for you. Come down here on Memorial Day. Yes, it was. Uh, but uh, it's also going to be a special podcast because uh, we started off with the sun uh, coming into the office, and now we're walking into the night. And, uh, you know, the, the last thing that is left here is just to rub some oil on our nipples and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and make something <laughs> unique out of this. Drew, thanks for being on the call, man. Yeah, 52, ride or die. Okay, whatever that means. Kings 52, <laughs> man. All right, thank you. Gentlemen, have yourself a fantastic week. I was a man that didn't know how lost I was and sedated in, in my ways.